Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Ah, uh, Peter, how you doing? Yeah, all right. Yeah. 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 Tired. Tired, a yeah. tired, but uh, we, are, we are filming slash recording a little later in the morning than usual, but I still feel tired. How unfair is that? That's very unfair. There have been times where we've had to record like half an hour or an hour early and we've been absolutely dead to the world yes um but this this time we got a little little rest i did and, uh still, still tired. tired still tired what a load sorry of cods cods wallop quite frankly sorry mm. to wheel out such language at yeah, this time geez. of the day but yeah much. real cods wallop uh welcome everybody this is a video game podcast we are sponsored each and every week by a video game relevant company for some reason they never stick around for more than one week but this week i have the ad read right here in front of me are you ready for it i'm so ready this week even though ea promised us that star wars squadrons was going to be oh hello Clint. you're right just, there. just picking up a pen yeah <laughs> uh they promised us star wars squadrons was going to have no microtransactions it was all going to be gravy and you could just go for it right yeah. There is a piece of DLC. Launch DLC. Oh right? my goodness, yeah. We're sponsored by it this week. Uh, it's called uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Okay. And uh, you play as lesser-known Star Wars universe character who has been invented solely for the purpose of this game because apparently they can do that and just mm-hmm. add things to the lore with video games, which seems dangerous, to be honest. Yeah. Especially when the video games are bad. Um <laughs> He's called Ron, and that's okay. it. No last name. Uh, right, just he's just Ron. So this this allows you to play as a third faction because obviously there's the New Galactic Republic. Is that yeah. what they're called? The goodies yeah. and the baddies. Obviously, are the Empire. Are they still the Empire? Yeah. I'm not sure if they're the sort of Imperial Remnant or the First Order because it's. I think okay. it's set after Return of the Jedi. So yeah, it's, it's between six and seven. It's that transition one. period. Yeah. So there's a third faction. It's just called. Uh, Ron's squad right? Um, and it's uh, you know R-O-N apostrophe S it's Ron's squad and that's how it's stylized in the name of the DLC as well Star Wars squad Ron's 
So even though they got the names the wrong way round, you know, the words the wrong way round, it's still it's it's in keeping with the format of the title. Well, so they could put Rons in brackets because then it's like Star, yes. Star Wars Squad, and then it's like oh, which squad? Rons. Rons. It's Rons. Rons. It's yeah. Ron Squad. So yeah, this is Ron. Um, he's very tall. He has a gun, and uh, oh boy, I hope you like roguish charm because he's got it. <laughs> he's got it in buckets, and um, he wears a little uh, velvet. Top hat. There we go. Ooh, That's what right. he looks like. Uh, he's introduced in this game, and if you want to play as his faction, which is I think largely just a a troop of converted Toyota Previas with just jet engines on the side, uh, then you can play as uh, you can play Star Wars Squad, and then in parentheses Rons um, d- d- at launch for just twenty five ninety nine a day. A day, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's, That's great. It's real too. I'm really pleased that this new Star Wars game has even more for me to for for me to dive into and enjoy. That's fantastic mm-hmm. news. Yep. <laughs> He's blinking first. Is it? Is it? It. I'm really glad that's real. It's not real. It's not real, Peter. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Squad in parentheses runs is, is not real. No, of course, we are sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month. That's 25 cents per show, approximately, depending on the length of the month and how the weekends fall. Um, you can get access to a weekly post that goes up on Tuesdays asking for questions for this show, and we might pick them and stick them in. I've got so, a question. Oh, yeah. Where are we walking today? Um, we're going we're gonna to walk along uh, uh, Toyota Previa, I think, today. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a good car, good family car. My family had one of those. Yeah. Uh, spacious. Ron's got loads. Ron's got loads of them. Spacious, yeah, whole fleet. More, more like spaceship. Oh, All right. Brilliant. That's great. The car in front is a Toyota, more like the spaceship in front is a Toyota, right? Oh, yeah, That's exactly. Equally yeah. clever. Uh, yeah, we're walking along a Toyota Previa today in the video version because we still can't sit in the same room. No, still. I downloaded fact, more the... more so than normal, we're now no longer... We're legally not allowed to do that. It's so. it's We'll be arrested and, and the Queen will kill us. Mm. Um, I downloaded the NHS track and trace app because yeah, i got too. a text from the national health service i'm sure many people listening to this did uh saying please download our app and uh, i did and i entered the first three uh letters or you slash numbers of my uh, postcode and it said you you live in a high risk area yeah it's a danger zone here uh, because people like to lick each other. That's just a northern thing. I'd, I've mm. never understood it personally, but that's real. And that's true. So, uh, yeah, it's all fun. We can't be in the same room. Walking along a people previa. People previa? That's it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, our real sponsors are the patrons. They can ask questions just like... Just like Richard Major. Dick Major has asked a question. I've just pre-ordered my first PS5 game. I got Demon's Souls for $64.99, and it would appear that games are going to be $65 to £70. That's quite a lot. But games are massive and can take ages to make, consisting tens of millions of dollars sometimes. Costing. My, con, I did think that was... why <laughs> I did wonder why he's not put consisting of, but, you know, I just went with it. Costing tens of millions of dollars sometimes. Uh, my question is this. 
Would you rather pay 30 to 40 pounds per game, but the game be half the size, or are you happy to pay the 70 pounds? For myself, games like Red Dead Redemption 2 were too big, and I would have actually enjoyed it more if it was scaled back. I am all for cheaper games. Yeah, um, me too. Speaking of Star Wars Squadrons, that's one of those games that's, that seems to sort of buck the trend. Uh, yeah. It's um, not like a going to be a, a big old boy, right? It's fairly... Not, I don't want to say limited, but it's it's less, should we say, feature complete than perhaps a full Battlefront. Yeah, we should probably say, of course, we film or record these podcasts uh, before the weekend that they go out. And so at time of recording, the game isn't out yet. But from what we know, um, I think it's really, I think what they wanted to do was, like Battlefront, create a multiplayer dogfighting Star Wars game, you know, with the focus on multiplayer. And then they thought we should probably also do a campaign with it. So I think there will be, well, I know there will be a campaign, um, but I suspect it won't be super long, won't be mm-hmm. super in-depth. Um, I guess, again, a bit like Battlefront. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they can they could afford to do that because they probably didn't have to absolutely go hard in terms of development with this game they just had to create a very good um flying engine um which i think they've done from scratch it's not the battlefront one and uh yeah from there you kind of just add a little bit of padding and then you can ship the thing so uh yeah Mm -hmm. you've also got tommy hanks uh skateboarder remake that recently came out Mm. spyro crash insane trilogy they're all sort of that sweet 30 to 35 pound mark yeah um and then that seems to have scaled up for the next gen as richard says so miles morales is 51.99 on amazon and that's arguably it arguably fits into the same category as a as a squadron as a squadrons sorry yeah it's not a full sequel but it's still going to be substantial but it's not a full sequel uh and then you look at demon souls which is the seemingly the sole first party exclusive launch title for PS5 and it's sitting at 64.99. That is expensive and mm. that's a big jump from the 49.99 standard we are at currently. Um and as Richard said, uh, games are expensive to make, but they will try and fleece you for as much money as they can get away with. So uh it's I'm I'm not a huge fan especially considering that Demon Souls isn't a new game. It looks brilliant. And yeah. it's going to be better and shinier and brought into 2020, or close to 2021 at that point when it releases. But it it is not an original game. And so asking close to £70 for it is is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah it's cheeky. I, I definitely think, I think you're right to say that, um, you know, obviously these games, they are getting longer. Um with the with the change in technology and the change in standards, you could maybe argue they're getting more expensive to make. But equally, yeah, I think they put the price as high as they think they can get away with. Whether or not that like offsets or doesn't offset the production costs, um, you know, I think they've they've basically just they will have done a lot of market research and they will have established that we could probably get away with charging 70 quid or 60 quid for games. So we will do, you know? Mm. And if if they've done market research and people have been outraged saying, I won't pay more than 50, then these games would be 50 pounds, I suspect. So yeah, it, that, that aspect of it is, I mean, I, I can't say that's definitely the case, uh, that that's what they're doing, but I suspect it is. Um, 
But in to, in to answer Richard's question more directly, I would say that I would much rather um, in the coming generation um, pay the 30 to 40 pounds for a game half the size of, say, Red Dead Redemption 2, which we both, you and I have both said before, um, it was it was a bit too big for us, you know? Mm-hmm. It was a bit daunting and it was, you know, a bit much. I didn't want to have to, like, wash my horse and, like, feed my camp. and <laughs> Bathe my boy. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. You had to have a bath and stuff. And, you know, in some, some ways that's fantastic. It's amazing that games have that level of detail in them now. But equally, ugh, Christ. You know? Yeah, I could have done without the horse balls shrinking yeah. in, the, in, the, in the weather. Quite, mm. quite happily done without yeah. that. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, you have to wonder how things like Ubisoft games, uh, you know, how they're going to change. Because they've always been big games. Um, s- some of the scale is mostly just uh, putting map markers on a big world. But mm. whichever way you look at it, those worlds are probably only going to get bigger. And the map markers are probably gonna, only going to get more intensive in terms of what you know the the bells and whistles on them so i suspect those those prices will be uh up there 60 to 70 pounds um, yeah Cit- citation needed but i believe 2k have already said yeah all our games are going to cost a fortune now going forward mm, so just deal yeah. with that ubisoft i believe for as for at least the first year maybe this was a while ago now that they said this they're going to keep prices the same i think uh, yeah. A lot of third-party launch titles are already... They already have price tags that are about £50, which yeah. is great. And arguably, that's what it should be. Demon Souls is a worrying look at where we're going to be shortly. Um, yeah. And I don't know how Xbox is doing it, but certainly that's that's the way it's going on PS5. And uh, yeah, it's just going to... It's In fact, it's... It's not necessarily that it costs £15 more than I would be comfortable usually paying for a game. Um, But this is part of the reason why the only game I'm going to get at launch is Demon's Souls. Because Mm. it's it's probably going to be, realistically, the only thing I play for about a month. And uh, at that point, who knows, Spider-Man might be a bit cheaper. And I also just don't want to split my attention, you know, between between two games. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, I, I understand that. But uh, yeah, I think you, we are just gonna have to see where it goes. I think Demon Souls aside, being sixty four ninety nine, I think um, I ha- I have seen um, independent stuff where people are saying, yeah, it looks like it's gonna be like sixty to seventy quid for mm-hmm. for games in general. Whether or not Demon Souls is sixty five quid, I've, I've seen articles on Kotaku and stuff where it's yeah it says the estimated going rate will be like. 70 pounds which is a bit worrying really but we'll have to see how it goes it's a lot but yeah. uh yeah there we go uh it's time to move on to another section peter mm. yes yes it is it's groundbreaking <laughs> yeah it, it's uh it's unheard of except and this might be news to you mm-hmm. except in every other episode of the podcast that we've done weird yeah weird uh, it's called What We Play In. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. It's What We Play In time. Peter, what are you playing? I've been playing some games this week. Um, first half of the week, I didn't play a great deal because I've, uh, I've been watching a lot of that there, Disney Plus, um, mm. before The Mandalorian comes out at the end of the month. Uh, but, so, it's, so all I played sort of top end of the week was, uh, I streamed Crash 3 
and 105%ed it. Oh, yeah. Whoa, nice one. That's right. Gold and platinum relics in every level. Got all the gems. Did the secret levels. Uh, got the secret ending, which leads directly into Crash 4, which is out at time of publishing of this podcast. I'm probably probably playing it right now while you're listening. Um, but then, uh, having finished that and having had my fill for now of Tony Hawk's, um, which I've been playing the past couple of weeks, um, I thought, what do I play now? And I've I've had um, I've had a copy of uh, Horizon for for a couple of months now. I got given it for my birthday, the the Ultimate Edition or whatever it's called. I'm really and... sorry to do this to you, Peter, but it's been six months since your birthday. Yeah, I know. Not two. Been... No, no, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, I, I knew as I said it, but yeah, that's lockdown for you. Yeah. Uh, so that's been sitting there for a while, and um, I popped it into the console for the first time. Uh, got it installed and was just about to launch it and I was like hang on hang on Peter let's not let's not Witcher 3 this where you play 45 minutes of it and then you're unable to play it for a couple of weeks because Crash 4 and Spyro come out like five days later so I held off and instead I've just been playing Dreams because I thought you know that's that's very much pick up and play and then put down and leave when I want to so yes uh, yeah, I've been playing Dreams for most of the week now. So, played all kinds of uh, fun little games. Played more than one where you're a sphere rolling around in an obstacle course, but those are fun every time, I think. You know? Yeah. Unoriginal or not, they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, Any meme else? levels? I've not seen anything meme yet, but I've mostly been, I've been going by um, stuff that's kind of either recommended by Media Molecule, like that playlist, or things that there was like another playlist that was essentially quote unquote quality games rather than meme ones. Right. Um, so poop posters. Yeah. I've not gone out of my way for the poop posting games just yet because I wanted to, you know, at least get a couple of hours under my belt of playing, you know, top, top quality. This is what you can do with dreams kind of games before I uh, mm-hmm. delve into the depths. But I've, I've watched, I've been watching dreams videos on YouTube for, well, since it came out, like every so often, I'll I'll head onto YouTube and you know, people do like compilation videos of like cool dreams games and stuff. So I've seen plenty, but it's my first time this week getting hands on with it at last. Um, uh, but yeah, played played all kinds of things, platformers. Um, there was one where I was like a, a fox called Robin who was he had like a bow and arrow that was only like four minutes long, but it was cute. Um, I tried one that was. It seemed perfect for me by its title. It was called something like Tiny Quest. Um, okay. And I was like, oh, wow, that's great. Um, and then I went into it, and what it was was like... It was like a, a side-scrolling platform game. Um, but the entire world, the entire level, was zoomed right out. So it was like a doll's house. Um, and it was zoomed so far out that your character was just really, really small like because you could see the entirety of the level and the very first prompt i got when i started the game was press l1 if you lose track of me um so i guess it then sort of points a big arrow towards your like tiny tiny hard to see character so i was like okay i don't want to play a platform game where i can't see my character thank you very much so i left that one where it was but uh yeah i think the it, it's weird. It gave me the vibe of like, um, 
I mean, dreams, playing dreams broadly, like and clicking through the menus, it kind of reminded me of going on um, flash game websites in like the noughties, um, where you would just click on random games based on their front logo uh, or their title, and you wouldn't really know what you were going to get. And then it would be this little mini experience of a game that was either really good or really bad, sometimes very innovative, sometimes something you played before a hundred times. Um, and it kind of brought back that feeling for me that for the first time since I used to go on like mini clip or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's nice just to have that seemingly infinite uh, source of mini games um, and creativity and silliness. Um, so did, I'm looking forward to playing more. Did you try your hand at creating anything or are you just an observer for now? Not yet. I, yeah, I want, I want to have a go at it, but... Um, just this, I've only had, uh, I think, three sessions with it, sitting down playing it. And um, I think, you know, maybe next week or, well, I guess I'll be playing other games next week. But maybe next time I pick it up, I will try the creator. But I've not even clicked into it just to see what it looks like. So I don't even know. But have you have you had a go at that at all? Or? No, no, I haven't even touched it. I've just no. uh, literally started it up and, and played sort of the worst levels I could find. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's a special game. It's it a is. really good game. Mm. Yeah, and I thought the intro was very cute as well. I wasn't sure what to expect when I booted it up for the first time, but you know the way they introduce you to the to the world and with the narration and the visuals and stuff, I thought it was it was sweet. So, They're very good at that. Media Molecule know how to do whimsy mm, very. well. They do with a, a British voice actor to say something nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lovely. Mm. Yeah, very good. Uh, so what about you, Ben? What are you playing? Well, I've almost exclusively been playing Bioshock Infinite. Saw on your Twitter, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I again reached that sort of, that point where I didn't really want to play anything that mm. I had. Or at least there was nothing new for me to play and I know that there's there's new stuff coming out this weekend and and very soon. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just wasn't that, wasn't that fussed. Uh, by anything so I thought I'll I'll download Bioshock Infinite having obviously recently played through one and two mm-hmm. and uh and man I, I really like Bioshock Infinite like yeah. I, I like it a lot I I really really enjoy the the world I, I think it's so fascinating and really interesting that how everything's tied together and it's all it's a bit wonky with the with the whole timeline stuff and dimension mm. hopping, like I, I quite enjoy playing through Bioshock games and then watching summary videos afterwards. You know, people connecting dots that I might have missed and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and someone went in depth, sort of trying to piece together the timeline. And while the timeline does sort of make sense, the dates that things are set don't make sense. You know, it it implies that a certain character enlisted and was a war hero by the age of 12 and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, that doesn't, that clearly doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Yeah. Um, and I know that it gets a lot of flack from people for basically just being a shooter. And, and I, I totally get that because there are a lot of shooting sections in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just find the world and the story so interesting and, and I really, really like it. And it's sad that we haven't had a Bioshock game in forever and that Ken Levine ran away and yeah. is doing something else now. And I know that there's another one coming from a new studio, but that's going to be bloody ages away. Um, 
But yeah, I played it in one sitting on Sunday. I just sat down and just played it from start to finish. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. it wasn't that long. It, oh. it, it's not that long. Like I was, I was. I, to be fair, I put it on easy, and I just wanted to to go through it again. Yeah. So there were. I didn't die once, which right. you know is to be expected, I suppose. Mm. But I, I was. You know, I got like maybe sixty percent of the voxophone pickups and most of the collectibles as I went. So I was really, you know, smelling the roses, but I, I fired through that game. And then I, I ended up with about 60% of the trophies, and then that was it for me. I just thought, right, I can do this because yeah. I've done it before. I've done it on PS3 as well when it came out. Right. Um, so I went through again, and I, I did a run where I, I followed a guide and got all of the collectibles, and then did it again on 1999 mode, which is the mode above hard uh, which then unlocks all the other difficulty trophies as well when you finish it. Wasn't allowed to use a dollar bill machine, which is the one where you buy ammo, and that really mm-hmm. screwed me at a, a couple of points because there were some shooting sections, particularly against the ghost mum, where you're just sort of trapped and you have no ammo, and it was awful, and I had to restart a checkpoint. Uh, every time you die, it costs you 100 coin pennies and uh if you run out of money then you have to restart the chapter luckily that didn't happen to me um and also you can't press the up arrow for the little uh the up sorry the up button on the d-pad for the little arrow on the ground to show you where you've got to go to next so you sort of just have to go from memory uh, which isn't that hard but you can get turned around in some areas Mm -hmm. um and uh, i did it last night so i got the my 175th platinum last night Oh, fantastic. uh, Yeah, just really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed going back through that game. I I think there's something very special about it, even if it had a very well-documented, troubled development cycle in which a lot of stuff was cut and altered, which might explain why there's quite so much shooting in it. Uh, But I I still think it's very special. Um, And uh, this weekend, at the time of recording, I'm looking forward to the new season of... Call of Duty Warzone, because initially, when things were looking a little bit better, me and some of my old school friends, you know, the rad dudes. The old uh, school ones. Yes, exactly. We were going to meet up in person for the first time in probably years and years and years mm-hmm. to have just a weekend of playing games and, and spending some time together. But obviously that's ruined now. So we've got one <laughs> one night of playing games, uh, <laughs> which which I'm looking forward to, remotely, I should say. Uh, over the internet so i'm, I'm mm. looking forward to just spending all night dying in call of duty oh lovely mm. it's quite the quite the weekend for games then this weekend in terms of yeah. releases a bit of bit of extra call of duty um ron squads ron squad uh crashy bashy four yes and uh, absolutely we'll be covering these games next week as well on we the will. channel yeah uh, so if absolutely. you want our thoughts on those they'll be with you soon mm. exciting uh, we should probably move on, though, to question number two, should we not? Yes. Yes, we absolutely should. Yeah. This question comes from yeah. Transnosaurus Hex. One year <laughs> of being a patron. Thank you for the superb content. My question, 
As a transgender individual, we very rarely get much representation in games, the largest arguably being Lev in the fantastic Last of Us 2. Do you think representation matters for LGBTQ plus in modern day gaming? Is acknowledging that we exist really as political as some game players make out? Sorry to bring the heavy questions out and hope it's not too awkward. Keep up the great content, much love to both of you. Thank you, Transnosaurus Hex. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Not, not, uh, not awkward at all. Not awkward at all. No. Um, no, it's a good question. Um, it's it's difficult to know like um, how to measure whether something is as political as it's made out to be. I think by virtue of the fact that some people get really bothered by it, I think that is in itself what makes it kind of a political issue in a way, if you see what I mean. Mm. I think if everyone was very accepting of it, it obviously wouldn't be political or it wouldn't be an issue it wouldn't be worth it wouldn't even almost be worth talking about because we'd all just be doing it and it would be lovely and everyone would be getting represented and we'd have a a great celebration of human diversity in all of our media but but yeah i think because there are those people that get mad about it it makes it a more uh a more contentious issue i should say only in the sense that as i say people get annoyed about it it shouldn't be contentious but it is because mm -hmm. people people uh some people find it um i don't even know what the word is because i don't know what i don't really understand why you would be bothered by that um you know the the we are already i think i'd like to say uh that I think the the past couple of years in particular, we seem to have made some very good steps towards, you know, representation in terms of video game protagonists, both in terms of ethnicities, uh, gender, um, sexual orientation. I think one of the last big uh, hurdles to cross is indeed the representation of, representation of trans people, because I think... Um, uh, yes, sexuality has been explored a bit more... Um, in the past few years than uh, gender issues have. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that um, I, I was really pleased um, w with uh, the inclusion of Lev's character in The Last of Us. I thought it was a really good thing to do. Um, and it was very well done and respectfully done. And um, they sh long may it continue is all I would say. And it's just a shame that there are those people out there who kick up a stink when this thing happen these things happen mm. and that causes some developers and publishers unfortunately to question whether they should actually avoid including you know lgbtq plus characters in their games because they're like oh well, i don't want to alienate half my audience most most companies don't do that i think they know that the right thing to do is um not listen to that kind of uh, bigotry but yeah yeah absolutely here's the thing though right mm. trans people do exist <laughs> And you, right. you can't really pretend that they don't, which mm. is which is seemingly what a lot of shamefully what a lot of people seem to try to be doing. And that, yeah, that's awful. And they should absolutely be represented um, in, in media and, and games and so on. And speaking as, as someone who obviously isn't trans, uh, to me, at least, Lev's inclusion in The Last of Us Part Two seemed to be really well handled because yeah. just a big deal was not made of it. It, yeah. was, it was just, here's Lev, Lev's trans, he's a person who exists in this world that we've created. And that was it. That that mm. was all there was to it. And that seemed to be sort of 
the way to do it? Because I think media does have a huge role to play in normalizing certain topics and themes for people. And I say to, I use the terms topics and themes in a very vague term, in a very vague way, but you know what I mean. Mm. And the wheels of progress move very slowly. But as you said, things are moving in the right direction. I believe that there there has been quite good representation in indie games for quite a while now, but certainly not in you know your standard AAA games and so on. Yeah. Um, I would argue that there is obviously a balance to strike where it's not some sort of insidious, mass-marketed, look at our trans character in our game kind mm. of move, you know, which I would imagine, I may be wrong, which I would imagine the trans community would also not particularly enjoy, just sort of a... Tokenism. A, exactly, a trans character just included for, for for the sake of it, you know. It would it would have to make sense within the within the game itself or the or the media itself it shouldn't just be a sort of here is here is one of every color you know just just picked out for the sake of mm. uh, of a lineup and being pc you know it, it would it would have to make sense uh and and that, again that's why i really liked lev's inclusion in the last of us because it just felt like just just like when a character is gay in a game which we which we've seen a lot more of over the last few years a big deal's not made of it it's just oh this character's gay it doesn't matter it shouldn't yeah. matter and and that's that's the place where hopefully we will get to not in the in the too distant future. Uh, hopefully it's not too far from now. Um, and and then when a trans character does appear in a game and wider media, it's it's just not a big deal. It's 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 normal. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think I think you know trans trans people should definitely be represented in games. And and hopefully, as they are continued to to be represented. Uh, the people who do kick up a stink will perhaps kick up less of a stink. It sucks that yeah. they do that at all, uh, but you know we we are moving in the right direction at least. I think it's it's important when you say you know that it has to make sense or it, it has to um, uh, be handled properly. I think one important thing to do is not just um, include a character and then go. Oh, and they're, they're trans, by the way, and that's the only mention or uh, kind of detail that that they go into. I think, like you know, I think the way that um, someone who is perhaps struggling with their gender identity um, should be it, is is portrayed in a game. You know, pe- people who are going through that in real life, um, it can affect parts of their life, of course, like the way that people treat them. Or um, some of the, some of the challenges they face in life, just broadly speaking, and I think it's important to um, represent that where where necessary as mm-hmm. well. I'm not saying that every trans character needs to be, needs to have this story where they're they're either um, celebrated by everyone and on the the world that they're in, and it's and it's a wonderful thing, and everyone just uh, pretends that. You know, or or everyone is is blind to it. Um, but equally, uh, there shouldn't be this thing where they're horribly discriminated against, and you know, it's the the worst of the worst that you do get out there in in real life. I think um, in the same way with any kind of identity issue, or you know, people's race or people's um, uh, socioeconomic status, people treat you in a different way based on those things whether they should or not is a whole different argument but the fact is that like those things do happen Mm -hmm. and it would be it's as important i think to not just represent people of 
um, all different walks of life, but to probably include um, aspects of the way in which people respond to them um, in a game, mm-hmm. um, not to normalize the discrimination and say, that's okay, let's, let's all continue to do this, but, you know, to, to show that these things happen, unfortunately. You know, much like Lev. Lev was essentially out, spoilers, uh, outcast because um, of his identity, you know, mm-hmm. um, or because he wanted to shave his hair. Um, and I think that's an important aspect. It shouldn't just be this um, happy, wonderful world where, hey, there are trans people here, but they're, um, th- there's no uh, discrimination against them. Um, I think sometimes it's important to show the the less pleasant side of something like that um, to to bring awareness to it, I guess. Yeah. Video yeah. games are meant to be inclusive and fun and, you know, accessible to everyone. So why not? Like, I, I yeah. just, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily understand the argument against it, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of, um, you know, not that, not that we would ever condone profiteering off the back of people's suffering, but there is a lot of, you know, untapped story potential in the, in the character arc of a, of a trans person. You know, mm. as you said, you know, it's not easy being trans and, and there's, there's, there's a whole lot of potential there that definitely hasn't been covered before. And I think, I think that'd be really interesting. I'd be up for playing through that and, and, and experiencing that, you know, mm. albeit in, in video game form and not in real life at all because yeah. it's not equatable. Uh, but you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So the answer is yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's time to now move on to mm. something a little bit weird. Yeah? A little bit of a weird section here. Okay. Is it um, uh, weird news? Oh, it is, but I don't have a thing to stack, but uh, I'll just do it anyway. Right, weird news. Very good. Thanks. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's weird news time. Welcome to weird news. Peter, do you have some weird news then? 
I've got some slightly weird news. I don't know about you. I thought it was a a, a, a weird light week this week for me. I struggled to find some weird news this week. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, why were you were you absolutely swamped with? Oh, with mate, options? can't move for weird news. Me? Yeah. Uh, no, I was gifted one on Twitter, so I didn't even have okay. to look. Right. Fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's not not a lot going on this week, but fortunately, our go to. Luke Plunkett from Kotaku has uh, done a write-up for a slightly weird thing that's happened. Oh, okay. Which you may have already read about. I'd already seen this. Um, Among Us 2 cancelled one month after it was announced. Oh, I think I've heard about this. So, are you aware of Among Us 1? How can you not be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is it's, it? It's, it's uh, the, the latest thing uh, on Twitch... Um, I think it's it has been the number one game on Twitch for a while now. Um, it's I believe about um, people running a like they're on a spaceship or something, um, and within the the team of people who are trying to cooperate and all like run run the area properly, there's a traitor in their midst, and um, you know it's it's one of those games. If you play. If you play tabletop games and board games, you've probably played similar things. It's quite a common mechanic in things like Ultimate Werewolf or um, uh, uh, what's that? Uh, Dead of Winter, I think, has aspects of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so something some of you will be familiar with. Uh, but here we go. So yeah, it's been doing very well, this game. Um, and this is the write-up. Among Us 2 was announced 36 days ago. Today, it's being cancelled, so the developers of the latest very big thing on Twitch can instead focus all their energies on making the original better. Uh, So here is the write-up. Among Us 2 was announced 36 days ago. Today, it's being cancelled, so the developers of the the latest very big thing on Twitch can instead focus all their energy on making the original better. Which is a slightly strange... It, I like how it only took them 36 days to <laughs> announce a sequel and then go, oh, wait, no, our, our oh, first game's doing very we're well. We're making actually. loads of money on this one now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very quick turnaround. In a blog post on the game's site, Puffballs United, one of the game's co-creators writes that the surge in popularity of the game, even in just the last few weeks, has made leaving the original behind, it was actually first released in 2018, and moving on to a sequel, maybe not the best idea. Um, and uh, there's a big chunk of text taken from the blog post, uh, and there's a highlighted sentence within it which says, We've decided to cancel Among Us 2 and instead put all our focus into improving Among Us 1. All of the content we had planned for Among Us 2 will instead go into Among Us 1. Um, and Luke continues, That's fine? Question mark. It's definitely the cleaner, safer option in terms of the player base, even if it does create a ton of extra work for the team. Some of that new content, or at least the first of it that's due to hit, is stuff like a friend system, colorblind support, which would also add more colors to the game, and a new stage. And that's where the article ends. But um, wow. I think, actually, uh, I agree with a comment that's been written on this article down below by Ninja840. Love which that is, guy. Yeah, love that guy. This game is great, but I do wonder about whether the game is going to have the legs to keep going. Um, so, you know... It's certainly the the latest big thing on Twitch at the moment, but would they be safer 
prepping for a sequel and maybe getting a, a new spike of hype when a, a whole new game comes out or rather than just sort of bolstering the current experience it just depends how uh how how uh replayable it is i guess um, yeah i'm assuming they're a small team and they can't afford to maintain the original mm. given its monumental success recently as yeah. well as start developing a sequel and they've got to choose and they've obviously chosen to focus their efforts on the on the original which i think is a good call but yeah. it's uh, it's whether or not they should include the perhaps iterations and new content that they were originally planning to do a sequel for to to the original mm-hmm. uh, that that's, yeah. that's questionable. I think they should probably hold on to that stuff because as as our best friend Ninja what's his face says eight four zero Ninja eight four zero our favorite guy who we know all about um, yeah. as 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 they say. I, I don't necessarily think this trend is going to last that long. You know, mm. it was Fortnite two months ago. It was, it's still Fall Guys, but it seems to have been eclipsed recently in terms of its memes. And yeah. that that can, you know, I'm sure they both still have very sizable player bases, but your internet stardom can fade very quickly. Mm. And uh, so I think they, they should have some sort of preparations in place for a full sequel because a lot of people will buy it, I would imagine. That'll That's make true. them a lot of like- money. What has happened to Fall Guys? It's just there was such a presence of it all over my Twitter, and now it's not really there anymore. Already. PlayStation still retweets them, and they they still get. In fact, I'm looking at a tweet now: twenty one thousand likes seventeen hours ago. So they still do very well. But considering that they had, I think hundreds of thousands of likes on tweets a month mm. ago, you know, yeah. again, still a huge player base, and people still really enjoying it. And it's nothing nothing to do with how good the game is, but people just, you know. The, the the mass population of online gamers are not the kind of people who stick in one place for too long. Mm. They just look for the next thing to move on to, and I think that's, that'll probably happen to this game too. Got to be prepared yeah. for the future. It is weird, though. One month. <laughs> one month. Yeah, yeah. And then they were ready so to cancel it. Yeah. Um, cool, so hit me back with some weird news. Weird me out. I will. This comes courtesy of not that Chris Hardwick on Twitter. Thank you very much Thank you. for sending this my way. Uh, this is from Kotaku. And this oh. is from the co-director of Weird News, Ethan Gach. And the headline is, Randy Orton's tattoo artist sues Take-Two for using her designs in WWE games. Oh my god, okay. Which is interesting because, and the article goes fully into it, but it, it sets a... It could potentially set a very interesting precedent for people whose likenesses are replicated in games who have tattoos. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Take-Two and World Wrestling Entertainment are headed to trial after a judge ruled WWE 2K games copied the work of an artist responsible for some of pro wrestler Randy Orton's tattoos. Orton's arms are fully inked from shoulder to hand, an intrinsic part of the four-time World Heavyweight Championship belt holder's stage appearance. I think he has more world titles than that, but that's... That's fine, Ethan. You may not have known. According to The Hollywood Reporter, those designs include tribal tattoos, skulls, a Bible verse, and a dove and a rose, and and a dove and rose, all of which are the work of artist Catherine Alexander. She's now suing Take-Two and WWE for reproducing her work in video games without her permission. There's a Mm. quote here. 
An issue of material fact exists as to whether Alexander suffered actual damages based on the value of the infringing use, Illinois federal judge Stacy Yandel wrote in a court order over the weekend. What that means is that the lawsuit will now go to trial for a jury to decide if the appearance of the tattoos in WWE 2K16, 17 and 18 amounts to copyright infringement and if so, how much of the money the video game publisher will owe Alexander as a result. While Orton licensed his likeness to WWE, which in turn licensed it to Take-Two, what's at issue is whether Alexander retains some rights to the tattoos once they start being reproduced outside of Orton's body. One example of this is a faux sleeve with Orton's tattoo on it WWE was apparently thinking of selling in 2009. According to her deposition, Alexander approached the organisation about it at the time and someone in its legal department reportedly laughed in her face before eventually <sighs> offering her $450, which she declined at the time while still making clear she hadn't given WWE permission to reproduce her designs. Wow. It's a little bit more here. Take-Two faced a similar lawsuit back in 2016 over LeBron James tattoos in the NBA 2K games. It won that case earlier this year, with the judge deciding that the in-game tattoos were too hard to make out to be considered obvious copies of the originals, and that tattoos were part of James and the other players' likenesses, giving them the rights to license it along with their image to the, uh, to the NBA and Take-Two. That seemed to settle the issue, but the fact that a similar dispute is now headed to a jury trial could lead to a different outcome in the WWE 2K case, or Take-Two could simply use some small portion of the profits from its microtransaction riddle games to settle <laughs> out of court. Well, that's a weird one. I mean, I don't want to immediately... I, I think I fall quite firmly on one side of this argument, and I don't want to, I don't want to upset any tattoo artists here, Right. but I absolutely agree that um, people shouldn't use other tattoo artists' artwork for tattoos without paying them or asking permission. People do that. You know, they see things on Twitter or Instagram or the internet and they'll just take that image to a tattoo parlor and say, hey, can you do this for me? And actually, quite often, well, I don't know about how often it happens, but some tattoo uh, parlors will, if you turn up with an image and they don't know where it's from or who's who's done it for you or if you've just got it off the internet, they'll say, you know, hey, that's not, you know, we don't do that in this industry. Like, you're supposed to, uh, you know, credit each other or get someone to do a design for you. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, I don't think art should be reproduced uh, from one tattoo to the next on actual human flesh. But if it's just someone's likeness in a video game and that tattoo is on their arm or wherever, mm -hmm. surely it can't not be in there. And I, I also don't see how the, the, the real life artist is really kind of losing out there. I guess maybe they could be, um, I don't know. But then on the other hand, I've just realized, I guess technically they've just, they've designed some art that has gone into a video game. Like yeah. it's only like if you were a concept artist, you would expect, um, payment for that or if you were on the on the art team for a game you know you'll be paid so thinking it from that angle actually maybe she did technically design that she did design that tattoo that is in that game it's a so, tricky one it's a tricky yeah. one I'd, I'd argue she's well within her rights regarding the tattoo sleeve they were going to sell yeah, uh, yeah, that is sure. just you know that's just her design on a on a sleeve on a fabric mm. that that children can buy. That's not okay. 
Um, yeah. And WWE's response to that is typically WWE. Oh, yeah. Just laugh at her and offer a, a dis- like a disgustingly low amount of money mm. to compensate her. Um, yeah, Realm RPG in the comments. Another one that, you know, we love that. We love that person. We yeah. Know well. So here's a question. If I buy artwork from an artist, am I not allowed to display that art? To take pictures of the room with the art in question without the artist's permission? If I am, then why should tattoos be any different? The alternative is that this dude cannot take any photographs of, of himself without first getting permission. It's it's gonna it's complicated. I don't know, I don't even know where. That would definitely be an argument in favour of 2K, you know, or take two interactive, I should say, mm. or whatever. Uh so yeah. It's it's gonna be an interesting one. We'll see we'll see how this goes, especially considering they'd already made a ruling about it, you know? Yeah. We might find that uh, going forward, like certain sports stars who are hoping that they might be in a, or or who are who are big names in a sport that is often uh, turned into a video game, might find that they get tattoo artists to sign legal papers now, saying, mm. "By the way, if I'm ever in a FIFA game or a you know a, an MMA game or whatever, please can we use your tattoo without any extra charge or legal?" Yeah. Like issues. Well, CM Punk has a big Pepsi tattoo on his arm, and that was never oh. in the games. They always just removed it or replaced it oh, with something okay. slightly different. And I think Braun Strowman has a Superman tattoo as well, the Superman mm. logo crest. And uh, I don't think that's usually in there either. So, right, they, you know, they're all right with with actual copyrighted designs from companies, but when it comes to artists, I suppose that's different. I don't. I really don't mm. know. It's yeah, all it's very, weird. it's all very strange. So, there we go. There's. Well, my I mean, I changed news. my mind. I changed changed my stance halfway through my own argument when I first <laughs> responded to that. So it is very, very difficult. Yeah, um, it's a challenge. Yeah. It's a real challenge. Mm. Anyway, let's move on to another question. Let's. Um, so this one comes from Callum Story, who says the Series X slash S storage expansion cards have been priced at £220, almost as much as a Series S. Is it fair for this to be so expensive, given that Seagate have a monopoly on SSD storage for the new consoles? Do you think that the cost of extra storage will put people off switching to all digital consoles? Um, no. Thank you, Callum. <laughs> no, I no. don't. Uh, I don't think it will. Uh, the Series, just, just to put this into some context, the Series S... Uh, comes with a 512 gigabyte SSD, and yeah. the Series X comes with it's meant to be a terabyte, but apparently it's 802 gigabytes of usable storage. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the the Series S, I think, is it's a budget console. Part of the reason it's a budget console is because it doesn't have a lot of the bells and whistles that the Series X does, and mm. it's not going to have as much storage which obviously kind of sucks when you've got a digital console and if you can't stream games, you've got to download them and then you're going to have to cycle between deleting maybe, you know, only having two or three games on your console at a time, maybe four or five at a push. Um, But it's like, and I'm sure if you explained that to someone who could only afford or was only really interested in the Series S, that, that they wouldn't be too thrilled about it. But you know what what choice do they have you know this yeah. is this is this is the their only option and xbox knows this microsoft knows this it's a bit like in a very sort of silly video game version it's it's like the analogy about buying a decent pair of boots in that 
a wealthy person can buy a really expensive pair of boots that will last yeah. them for a long time, but uh, a less wealthy person has to buy cheaper boots, which wear out quickly, and then they have to replace them. And it ends up costing them more money to keep buying cheap boots in the long term, but all they can afford are the cheap boots. Yeah, And that's sort of, if you'll, if you'll permit me slightly bending the, the metaphor, that's sort of what's happening here in that the people who are going to buy a Series S because that's all they can afford... This the cost of the expansion storage is irrelevant to them because they just want to get their foot in the door and this is how they're going to do it. And mm. all Microsoft wants is for them to be in the ecosystem, in the Xbox ecosystem, and that's all that matters to them. They can sell them ridiculous proprietary, you know, ridiculously priced proprietary stuff after the fact. And you know, Sony's just as guilty of doing this with the the Vita and the PSP, and th- that storage got cheaper as time went on, but it was so expensive. You know those memory cards, um, rip, and rip. and so yeah, I think it's just a case of it. It ultimately, it probably won't matter that much to people. It's not going. It, it might matter. It might well matter. That's not what I mean. It it probably won't affect people's spending decisions if they've already decided that the S is for them, because there's a good chance that that's financially motivated. And storage just isn't going to be a you know the cost of aftermarket storage isn't isn't going to be an issue for them. Yeah, I think I was a bit shocked by the price when I read that. I thought that's that's pretty wild. But then I thought, well, hang on, you know, for a start, like, at what point are you actually going to need that? Because like you say, I mean, like, I, I've never bought, um, I think I've ever bought extra storage for any console um, that I've had. Um, well, it wasn't really an option back in the day. But, uh, you know, for, for the 360, I know people bought, um, like, multiple hard drives that you could, like, plug in and remove and stuff. I never did that. Um and you know, with my my PS4 currently, like if there's if I don't have room for a game, I'll probably just delete another game off it, and you know, I'll just have to download it again at another time if I want to, uh, or install it again another time if I want to play it. Like it's you just kind of have to go with it. You know, I'm I maybe maybe different people have different gaming habits, but I'm only ever playing like maybe two or three games at once or there might be like a game that I always have on there because I always dip into it you know on the regular um but uh as a general rule like when I'm playing a new game I will have finished another game fairly recently like when I installed Dreams and Horizon this week um I uh I I deleted The Last of Us off um off my console because I'm not going to be playing that for a while I probably will eventually go back and uh give that another run through but not for a while so uh, I think a lot of people won't feel the need to buy extra storage, whether they're on the X or the S. Um, and uh, so, so in a sense, it it won't be that off-putting for those who feel like they will want extra storage. Um, I don't know. Maybe they've they've got to look at that price tag and and think about it. But generally, I think the people who feel like they're gonna want extra storage will be going for an X anyway. So, uh, yeah. It, it's it's all I think it's all very academic and I I think broadly speaking it's not actually going to have as much of an effect as you might think given that that is quite a, a seemingly high price tag or a lot of money to spend on storage. Yeah, the the price is expensive, um, mm. as Callum says. Seagate has a monopoly on the SSD storage for the for the new consoles. They seemingly do. I mean, they 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 appear to be the the official producer, at least as far as the Series S and X are, uh, are concerned with this expansion card stuff. Mm. And it is expensive and things will get cheaper over time. As soon as a comparably fast P3 
PS5 hard drive that's larger than a terabyte is available, I will I will get it and I will upgrade it to put more on because I I do like having a lot of my games downloaded at once. Right. Um, I do delete some stuff as I go. For example, WWE 2K Battlegrounds is gone. Like I, d- I don't need it on there. Mm-hmm. I'm, no- I'm not going to play it again. And if I do, I'll re-download it. Uh, but I do have you know a small collection of games that I that I always keep on there, like Minecraft, which isn't that big, uh, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Borderlands Three, you know, which just keeps getting bigger and bigger with all the expansions and stuff. So I I like having a lot of storage on my console, and I will be looking to upgrade mine when I can. Hopefully right. it won't be two hundred and twenty pounds, but I suppose the, the 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 difference here is that a lot of people will be paying not much more than two hundred and twenty pounds for an actual console anyway uh, yeah. with the Series S. So it's it is it's kind of shocking. It it will make a difference for some people, but I imagine the vast majority of people who are buying it because it's cheap will not care because they just want to be on the next gen and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, it's time to move on to a very large chat. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm ready this time. Oh, okay. It's time for the big discussion. Oh, big discussion. It's big discussion time. Time for a huge discussion. This comes from Duncan's Wilson, who says... Hello, blurry Ben and Tiny Peeper. So last week, Michelle on set... Tony Peeper there. Oh, it does. Sorry, Tony Peeper. My <laughs> mistake. So last week, Michelle on sell announced he was leaving Ubisoft to set up a wildlife sanctuary. Oh. Now people are speculating that this may be in relation to the current investigation into Ubisoft's toxic work culture, especially with regard to his management of Peter's just-out-of-reach fave Beyond Good and Evil 2. Just wondered what your thoughts are. Uh, on how you think his departure will affect this project, despite them saying it's still going ahead, and if you have any thoughts on the later news, bearing in mind it's pure conjecture at this point. All the best, and congrats on the landmark 100k subs. Thank you very much, Duncan. Thank you, Duncan. So Michel Ancel, Mm. he's a big gaming boy. He did Rayman. Mm. He did Rayman Raving Rabbids. (laughs) He did. He did did a cry at E3. He did a cry at E3. He was happy. About Beyond Good and Evil. He did um, Peter Jackson's King Kong video game as well. He did well. Peter Jackson's Kong King, yeah. Yeah, which was actually a really good game. It's one of the it best movie good. games out there, really. It is. Um, so yeah, he's a he's he's a big he's a big deal, um, especially sort of within the Ubisoft sphere. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's I've I've seen some discussion about this, which we'll get to later on, which pertains or, or relates to him being um, being a big deal at Ubisoft, which it kind of factors into this story to an extent. But first I'll just read this um this little write-up from gamesindustry.biz, um, which says Raymond and Beyond Good and Evil creator Michel Ancel has denied accusations of toxic mismanagement. The claims were first reported by French newspaper Liberation over Hello? the weekend, uh, highlighting harmful behaviours from Ancel as well as various issues with the development of Beyond Good and Evil 2. The in-depth article was published alongside an interview with Ansel himself, who recently announced he is leaving the games industry to focus on his other passion, wildlife. Liberation began working on its report 10 days prior to Ansel's departure. Around 15 Ubisoft Montpellier employees, who worked with the creative director, described him as a toxic personality around which the entire studio's grotesque organisation revolved. The employees also shared a feeling that Ansel was protected by his friendship with Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot, 
Uh, OnCell has been under investigation since early August following Ubisoft's efforts to clear its workplaces from toxicity after the various accusations that have emerged against the publisher since July, it finishes. Um, one thing I think that is worth pointing out that I, I've seen people read... I'm obviously following this story quite in depth for obvious reasons. Um, I've seen discussion on social media um, from people, and on Reddit as well, from people who haven't really um, informed themselves on the actual nature of this story here, who are just immediately assuming, because of what's going on at Ubisoft this year, that Michel Ancel is involved in sexual harassment at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no report of that so far. I don't think there's there's any indication that there's like an aspect to it in in that in that sense. It's to do with the management. Um, and uh, just the the general workplace satisfaction and um, crunch and people getting um, uh, people going off like with exhaustion and stuff like that and and burnout, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just for clarification there, but yeah, yeah. Um, t- t- I mean, disappointing to hear that this this is what people are saying about uh, the environment there. I can kind of uh, I can believe it. Um, but as Duncan Wilson says, at the moment, there is a lot of conjecture to it still. Um, you know, this the article um, talks about, you know, the, the testimony of these, like, uh, of these employees at Ubisoft Montpellier. Um, and, you know, there's no reason to necessarily doubt what they're saying. Um, equally, though, Michel Ancel has taken to Instagram and given his side of the story. And he said that, you know, people have got a vendetta against him and uh you know so it's just difficult to know exactly what's happening and i think i i've been guilty in the past of um jumping on people the moment i hear that there's like bad news about them i i was quick to uh say that ray park who plays darth maul is is a scumbag because (laughs) there was a story recently where he seemingly uploaded some revenge porn onto the internet and then it turned out that maybe he didn't actually do that. Um, so, you know, I was I was then quick to say, okay, wow, I I I should have maybe just waited before I uh, went with that. So I'm I'm um, reluctant to go into this and immediately say, well, Michelin Cell sounds like a dick, and it's a shame because I used to like the guy. Um, but uh, t- I don't know. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on this. If you've been like reading much about it. Uh, th- well, the first thing I heard about it was from you. Mm. It was weird. It was like. Uh... The message I got read like Michelle Oncel was a close personal friend of ours. It was just like, just so you know, <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> and uh, and it, it was it was just you letting me know in case I hadn't seen and uh, and you know we got a podcast question about it and stuff. Uh, I thought which we, we might did. get a vague a vague podcast question that just said, so how about that Michelle Oncel story? You know, sometimes we get questions uh-huh. like that, so that's yeah. why I was telling you. Just if if we get a a, a non specific question like that, it's about this story here. It's about um, this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, as you said, that's a real shame. If true, a real shame. Um, it's somewhat... I mean, it's awful no matter which way you slice it, if if true. But it is it is somewhat relieving that he isn't a part of the Ubisoft contingent of, of you know, sexual allegations. Mm. Um, he's just a different kind. He's a different flavor of awful. Yeah. Um, which is way better. So, yeah, obviously we don't know if this is true. 
there's a few people coming out and saying it, but like it's 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 hard to it's hard to know what's real and what isn't without any concrete proof. I'm sure the investigation hopefully will 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 reveal something, especially if he's good buddies with uh, Eve, mm. the CEO of Ubisoft. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Because there was a thing about Rocksteady the other month as well, last month, about how. Um, a, a newspaper broke a story about a, a, some women who said the workplace wasn't good, but it turns out to it turned out to be apparently really outdated, and that the women who were still working there had said that 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 story was published without their consent and based on old reports or something. It was all very weird, but uh, you know, I suppose we will just have to wait for more information um, because nothing seems to be that concrete at the moment, and it's a real shame. If true, a real shame, especially considering that. And I'm sorry to say it, Peter, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is never coming out. Yeah, it, it sort of seems that way, doesn't it? Um, what do you feel? How do you feel about that? Well, the thing is, he he has allegedly not been working on the project for a while, or not closely. So that that's something that's kind of come out from this, is that I think it was already, if you were really, really following very closely, you might have already known this, but I didn't really know that he was only doing two days a week um, oh, okay. And, th- but this is this is a whole like extra branch to it that I I was reading about on the Beyond Good and Evil subreddit recently, where there was there was no citation or source to this, so it, it, there's no reason to necessarily believe it's true. Um, but uh, someone had done a forum post somewhere where they said that um, Michelin Sellers tried to leave Ubisoft for a while to go and do this wildlife. Thing, and Ubisoft didn't want him to go because he's such a big name in their company. And so they said to him, look, just do two days a week. And hey, how about this as a sweetener? We'll let you make Beyond Good and Evil 2. And so then he decided, well, I absolutely have to stay now because that's what I've always wanted to do. So that is allegedly uh, part of the reason why he stayed on and part of the reason why the game is being made in the first place, um, which draws two things into into question. Number one, um, the the whole work structure around a guy being in two days a week when everyone else is working, you know, the, the office is active like five, six days a week. Uh, you know, he, he was like delegating to a lot of managers and he was finding it, allegedly finding it difficult, difficult to communicate with the team, which was causing strain on everyone. So that could be some source of this toxicity or this like mismanagement, um, given that, he was like attached to the project but not really there um but also if they kind of decided to allow like green light this project so that he would stay and now he's left like what what's going to happen to the game now that that's happened i'd like to think they've invested too much in it now that that, like to to drop it but Mm -hmm. we know that games can be dropped you know almost like in their final form, they can just be dropped at the last minute. It's happened in the past, so uh, yeah, yeah. Who's to say? I I think I think for the time being, they're definitely still working on it. They've been doing that for a long time. People have been questioning whether they're still working on the game or whether it's vaporware because it's not been at E three for three years uh, or two years. Um, mm. But that's not. That's just because they've been they've just been working on it quietly and if you if you really keep up with the with the de- development team online they've been updating regularly so um or or regularly enough to show that it's still active so 
There's no question that it's, st it's still in development right now, but whether it lasts at this point, I just don't know. I don't know yeah. if it's going to happen. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for Wild, which is another of his games. Mm. Uh, it was announced in 2014. Despite lead designer Michelle Oncel posting screenshots of the game on social media in January 2017, many journalists have cited the game to be vaporware. When Oncel announced his departure in September 2020, he stated that both the, both Wild, it should say, and Beyond Good and Evil 2 were in capable hands with his departure. And Wild also randomly had, like, two bits of concept art added to its website earlier this... I think earlier this year. Oh, wow. So... Just out weird. of nowhere, very quietly, just like two extra photos made it up to the website. So it's just it's unacceptable, to be honest. Like, I don't I don't I don't really understand the circumstances around it, obviously. No, but it was announced in 2014 for PS4. We've not seen it forever. This is wild. I'm talking about. And it's now 2020. The PS5 and the Xbox Series X are about to come out and there's no sign of it. Mm. It's it just cancel it or update us. Like yeah. I just don't I just don't understand because it looks really promising when it was announced. And yeah, I'm, I was really excited about it. I'm I'm no fan of Beyond Good and Evil. I've never played it, so I you know I can't say that I dislike it. It's just that I'm you know I'm, I'm I it's it's not a personal favorite game of mine because I haven't played it. But it's mm. got a cult following, and and you you can correct me here if I'm wrong, Peter. But I would imagine that part of that cult following is the involvement of the creative mind of Michel Ancel. So yeah. with him now gone and not knowing how far into development Beyond Good and Evil 2 is, is is there really going to be that big of a market for this game outside of the the cult followers of the of the original? Yeah, maybe not. I think um I think the original game uh, people enjoyed just because of of because I think it's a good quality game. I don't mm. think... Like, I went into that game not knowing who Michel Ansel was. I only um, know who he is because I played Beyond Good and Evil 1. Uh, so I think Beyond Good and Evil 2 has people who want to play it because they played the first one and enjoyed it. But yeah, at this point, I think it, it's also had some interest because of Michel Ansel and, and people now knowing his name. So yeah, I do, I do think you lose um, a contingent of that audience now that he's... Um, no longer on the project. I've seen people in the comments of articles and and people responding to the official tweets and stuff, um, saying, "All oh, right, well, if if Ansel's out, I'm out too," kind of thing. Like people have, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have already dropped this game. So um, I don't know. I think there's, we'll have to see how it looks when they deliver their next um, kind of milestone, which they said will be in, I think, in the next year, um, and also see. How this story develops. It's constantly developing. Michelin Cell's been posting slightly weird uh, analyses of the story where he's tried to address each point, but he's done it from the point of view of as though he's being interviewed by Beyond Good and Evil characters, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is really he okay, weird. Do you think? I don't know if he is, but I mean, you know, he has had his name sort of dragged through the mud a bit, yeah, rightly I, or wrongly, maybe maybe rightly. But yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I necessarily yet feel sorry for him, but I do feel sorry for the rest of the team who now have a real uphill battle, yeah, uh, for public opinion and also seemingly internally to get this game made without him. Um, I do have a, a final question in that you say that that he was seemingly tempted to stay at Ubisoft when he was offered 
the chance to work on Beyond Good and Evil maybe as a sweetener, you know, mm. as, uh, work on a sequel. Yeah. And if he's been trying to leave for a while to do this wildlife stuff, is it a case of where there's smoke, there's fire in yeah. that maybe he was forced out by Ubisoft quietly because he's... And again, this is very much conjecture here. But if he's good mates with the, with Eve Gilmore, maybe he was offered a quiet, non-drag-your-name-through-the-mud, he's gone because he was a naughty boy uh, exit. Yeah, it's like, maybe right, they... okay, maybe it's time for you to just go do your wildlife thing and we'll just say that, you know, you can just put out a statement saying that mm. you've left when actually there is truth to this and he was he was on the chopping block anyway. Yeah, I think that could well be the case. Like, I think, you know, they've been doing this investigation... Uh, they were they were doing the investigation internally, including on cell. Um, they were they were they were looking at everyone essentially, um, mm-hmm. and it said it doesn't matter how how close you are to the top brass, so we're still going to look at you. Um, and yeah, it may well be that they then kind of discovered, okay, it's not a great place to work at Montpellier. Um, let's let's let him leave. Um, and then at literally at the same time, this article was being written and they interviewed Uncell about it. And then it, it's all kind of come out as a result of that. So I must admit, when I saw that he left in the middle of the game that he's surely been wanting to create for years and years and years. You know, he cried on stage at E3 because he was finally able to show a teaser for it. He uh, it, it seemed weird that he wanted to leave off his own back and not see it through. So... I must admit, I smelled a rat. What I thought had happened, what I hoped had happened, was that he'd left because he didn't like the way the environment was. And so it was more like, you know, I, I'm a decent person and I can't continue to work in a place like this. But it it seems that maybe uh, that's not the case and that, you know, he's not a he's not been a nice man to work for. There's a, There's more to... More to know, I'm sure, in the coming weeks and months about this. And I will continue to follow his instagram with bated breath there's a post that came out 10 hours ago that i've not even read yet where he's being interviewed by a different beyond good and evil character a cat lady yeah Um, this is this is very strange behavior it is um you would have thought if he was done he'd walk away full stop yeah and there's more to come he says at, at the bottom he says um the the upcoming investigations will be by page and jade uh jade's already done one um, so oh, it, it's God. it's it's weird. It's a weird way to do it. I but. hope it's. I hope this history doesn't make this look even worse than it may already be. Mm. In that you know his whole approach of like, oh, <laughs> I'm being investigated by characters of my own creation. I only put my employees through living hell every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, almost like a serial killer. You look back at things they they like interviews they did, mm, and they were just things. sort of taunting police or whatever. <laughs> I hope this doesn't age poorly. I hope obviously these allegations aren't true, and that. He hasn't been forced to leave because he was a really horrible man. Uh, but we will see. We will see yeah. that that seems to have been a, a running theme at Ubisoft. So, uh, you, you know, um, potentially I'm glad he's gone, but we'll see. You found a, a photo of me, didn't you, recently um, that you I took uh, when the game, the Beyond Good Evil 2 game was first revealed. And I'm looking really furious slash disappointed because at the time... I thought it was like a total reboot that they'd done like a prey on it and they just they'd used the name yeah. and completely thrown away the old game. So I was livid. And then it became apparent it was a prequel, so I was like, Oh, okay, now I'm excited for this. Um 
and you said that we sort of agreed that I should tweet that photo next time a bad thing happens with this game. Didn't have to wait long, did we? Well, we didn't have to wait long, but then I realised it's probably not appropriate to tweet a silly image of me being mad. Looking sad at a video game. Yeah, when maybe not. people have been like, you know, had a horrible workplace, so I decided not to. Wait until it's um, cancelled and then you can... Yeah, yeah, maybe then so. Then you can recreate it, maybe. But there we are. That's <sighs> uh, That's everything. A lot talked about this week, a lot of big topics covered. As always, we welcome your feedback. If you'd like to tweet us or get in touch with us, you certainly can do. And you can do that via the following means. We're over on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, it's youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. We do videos on YouTube, of course, but we also stream on both of those platforms. And when we do, we're modded by Lord Brotherwich, Cecil Prumps, Mads and Trowling Badger. Social media, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. The Facebook is looked after by social media man Luke Eldon. Um, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. It allows you to ask questions on this podcast uh, and all kinds of other rewards. Um, the Discord is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Jack and Joe are looking after that. Thank you, Jack and Joe. Uh, the audio version of this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can get that at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. And it's all good uh, podcast distributors. Um, the website is triplej.mup. That's triplej.mp. Um, and triplej.mup forward slash shop is where you can look at our merch. There might be some changes coming up in the next month or so regarding Ooh. that. So stay tuned. Um, but we'll, we'll tell you more as and when. And finally, all of our live stream VODs are available at triplej.mup forward slash VODs. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday, Thursday being the joint stream, Blaze It on YouTube, Monday and Friday being the solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly, Fridays for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows once every other week peppered around the worst games ever episodes please leave us a review on itunes or your platform of choice it helps something to do with al gore's rhythms this week there is an episode of worst games Mm -hmm. as i said that'll be out on sunday friday for patrons and there's also another every playing every launch game video where i suffered through every single one of the wii launch games and a lot of them are very very bad so please go and watch that that went out yesterday at the time I released this podcast. We've just got enough time, Peter, yep. to talk about the sponsor for this week, which, of course, is uh, Star Wars Squad. Ron's. 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 It's Ron's, Ron's. Squad, uh, where you can get the uh, £399 DLC, launch DLC for Star Wars Squadrons, and play as Ron and his squads. He's tall, he wears a velvet top hat, he's got loads of roguish charm, and his fleet which adds a you know an entire third playable faction to the game is a fleet of pre-loved toyota previas with space engines on the side the the combination of the name ron's squad and just the sort of sci-fi vibe just reminds me of uh the the zanti zantiar uh today right. on zantiar whatever it's called yes. where Deck Lasers symbiote is called Ron Johns. Of course it is. Yeah. Please go and watch that video. That's an Adam Buxton 
brilliant, weird piece yeah. that you can watch on YouTube. Okay, are we all done? We're done. Wonderful. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Bye, Thank everybody. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.